please take it well. Uh, I think uh, since we started this church, it's been about, it's getting to be like six years now. Uh, by next month, it will be six years. And uh, I want you to understand something, you know, what I want God, what I want you to be doing in your own personal life that I do personally. And I think it's very helpful to me personally. There is hardly a day when I'm spending time praying to the Lord, spending time, I always thank Him for what He's already done for me. I thank him really, and I, tonight he's gotten to the point where he's, he's really coming from the bottom of my heart he has healed me you understand what I'm saying he has saved me from sin separated me from sin and I thank him for that you know and it's a real joy I spent quality time time just thanking him for the things that I know He's done for me. I don't have any fear anymore. I tell him that. I don't have to be afraid anymore. I am not alone in the world anymore. You are with me. I got this great privilege. I thank him. And uh, he really gets to your heart. As you're thanking him for these things. And it comes from the bottom of your heart. And if you're thanking God for things, he's going to get it done. You know, he, he, he watches over his word to perform it. And that's why we come to church, so that we can learn and, and grow. You know. And I'm still learning and I'm growing and I'm listening to people. Uh, I listen to some individuals, ministers, and I feel like, where have I been? I mean, were they saved longer? Or what is this? Because God has done so much through them. And I'm saying, God, I'm next. And you should be saying the same thing. Because God is not a respecter of persons. God is not a respecter of persons. God will use anyone who is willing to be used of Him. Dream big. It's six years, but I'm thinking, we got those pictures back there, and I'm believing God for the money. And God is going to give the money to us, every one, every penny that we need. I'm looking for a miracle. I'm looking for a million dollars. I'm looking for God to provide it somehow. How, I don't know. But that's my prayer. And that's what I'm telling him. I'm gonna get it, we're going to get it built. We're going to move into it. I can see the beauty of the place already. We're rejoicing. And I'm believing God that before the end of the, this year, we will be preparing or we will have already been in that particular building. God is going to do it. And right after that, we'll be in a hurry to pay it off. Because God is going to bring the money. Amen. God will use our church. Tonight I want to uh, continue this with the message I started before on the fact that God you have that message with you? Okay. I'm going to just go through some scriptures tonight. You follow me? No confidence in the flesh. We have no confidence in the flesh. I'd like you to turn with me to Romans chapter 8. 
it says there in verse 8, So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, what he's saying there is, you have those that are in the flesh and those that are not in the flesh. So to speak, those that are in the flesh cannot, it's impossible for them to please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of it. Now, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. So if you are a believer, you are really not in the flesh, in the mind of God. And as long as you keep thinking about you being in the flesh, now what that scripture is saying is you are not fleshly minded. In other words, you are a spirit being now. You should be leaning towards spiritual things, spirit things, as opposed to fleshly things. Now when we talk about fleshly things, we are talking talking about things you can see, things you can smell, things you can hear, things you can touch, things you can taste. If you live according to that kind of life, you will fail in your spiritual life. And you will fail in life. Because you are still in the flesh. But God has made you a new creature. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That's the truth. You are a new creature. God has said it. And that is the truth. You are a new creation, a new kind of being on the earth. God has created a new kind of being and He doesn't see you even though you are still in the flesh. He doesn't see you in the flesh. He says you are in the spirit and He wants you to relate to Him in the spirit. The true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, those that are walking in the flesh have to feel, they have to see something. Now, He's asking you to walk in the spirit. That's kind of difficult. What What does it mean? To walk in the spirit. If I'm in the f- spirit, why still flesh? You know, how do I walk in the spirit? Now, spiritual things are things that are unseen. You can see it. You can see God. You can see demons. But those things that you can't see, they are in the supernatural realm. And they have dominion over the fleshly realm, the things you can see. And they have the ability to change the things you can see. God reserves that, the spirit world reserves that to itself. You can see in the Genesis chapter 1 how the spirit of God was hovering over. Can you see the spirit? The earth was without form, void. But then God spoke. Let there be light. There's something you can see in the natural came to be. So the spirit realm always has dominion over the natural realm and can change the natural realm. And if you want to live a victorious life, you start. You have to go back to the spirit realm. Things you cannot see. You can't see your thoughts. Right? You can't see your words. 
you can see your spirit. The word of God you read, but you see you can see word. You take what you can see, the word of God that has been given to you, that you can see, and begin to use the word by faith. As if it's true. You call those things that are not. As if they were. This is the way to do it. But if you reverse your mind and you are going to be controlled by the things that you see, then you have come out of your natural being, which is your spirit. Because you, the scripture says in Romans 8, you, but you are not in the flesh. If you have the spirit of God living inside of you, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Now, if anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. But if you belong to Christ, then you are not in the flesh. And so he's saying, we can't walk that way anymore. We have to walk in the Spirit way. We have to follow what God has already given to us. So we live by faith. Now, if you go to verse 5, for those who live according to, that's Romans 8, can we get it? I'm taking my liberty tonight. (laughs) Okay? We'll go there. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. In other words, your mind is always there. That's what you're thinking about. You set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So that's where your mind will always be, the things of the Spirit. The things that God has spoken. You know, what's, what are the things of the Spirit? <laughs> the promises of God. The promises of God to you. Those are the things of the Spirit. Not the things of the flesh. Those are the things that God has made available to you. You don't think about the things of the flesh. That's what happened in the Old Testament. The, the twelve spies. Remember the twelve? Ten of them were seeing the natural, what they saw in the natural, and spoke of what they saw in the natural. Now, the others, they said, we, are like, we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And they saw us are like grasshoppers. We're grasshoppers. The, others, the other two said, well, they are bread for us. We'll eat them up. They're just big bread for us to eat. Two made it. The fleshly ones didn't make it. The ones that saw it in the, the things, the way, the, the way we normally would see things in the natural, did not make it. So we can't see things in the natural, spiritually. If you really want to have God, and I'm learning, if you really want to have God at work in your life, Satan is going to constantly present you with natural phenomenon, natural things, to discourage you so you don't believe for the supernatural. He's going to constantly do that. He's going to constantly remind you your roots, your DNA, your lack, whatever it is. You can get this done. He's going to make the pastor count the number of people. If they give 10, 10, 10 dollars, oh, I don't have the money. I mean, where is that going to come from? You know what I mean? You don't walk that way. You don't look to somebody. This is the way the place is going to come from. You look to him. Then he will do it. And you wait patiently for him. Now, all I'm talking about is basically, I'd like to turn to uh, um, 
Second Corinthians chapter three. Forget the notes, okay? Second Corinthians chapter three, you got it? Verse fifteen. Remember in Romans chapter 8, it says from verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So if you're walking after the flesh, you're going to be having a lot of condemnation. You're just going to be struggling with condemnation. Because you don't fully understand that you are a new creature. God has made you new. He's not asking your opinion. You are a new creature. Whether you feel it or not. You, in the mind of God, you are a new creature. And until you accept it, you'll continue to think according to the flesh. And you continue to feel condemnation. You can go to Hebrews chapter 10. That's the consciousness of sin. The worshiper once purged should no longer have a consciousness of sin. Now if you have a consciousness of sin, I mean it will be so easy for you to sin. Because you're always thinking about it and resisting it. You understand what I'm saying? You wake up thinking, I'm not going to sin today. God help me, I'm not going to sin today. It's constantly in your mind. So you're susceptible. As a man thinks in his heart. Exactly. We renew our minds. We we go away from all of those things. We believe God. You accept what God has said. But when you go back, you go back to the flesh and to the law, trying to do something... Then you get blind. And God cannot walk. How can two walk together except they be in agreement? Amos 3 verse 3. It won't happen that way. Until you agree with God, it's not going to happen. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says, God will give you a new heart and put a new spirit inside of you. He even said He will give you His own spirit and His spirit will cause you, make you to keep His statutes. And his judgment. I believe that. He is making me. That's, we are living in the day that God promised to do that. This is the day. This is the last days. This is the time. I don't have to go back to the Old Testament and struggle. I am delivered. He made me free. I am free indeed. I can walk with God. God is with me. I don't have to wonder if God is with me. God is spoken. God is true to his word. He loves me. Period. He's not angry at me. I got fever with God. So I can thank Him in the morning. God, I'm just like Mary right now. I'm highly favored. Amen. Yes, I am highly favored. You have to carry yourself that way. If you don't, the enemy will not respect you. Satan knows you don't know who you are. If you've seen the movie, The Prince and the Pope. <laughs> If you don't know who you are, Satan is going to harass you. But if you know who you are, then you can fight. You know, I, I watched that movie, I, I haven't seen it recently, but that guy, the prince, left the palace, right? But he, he was living in the home of the papa, but he was still a prince. He was still ordering people around. And they said, no, you can't do that. And he didn't believe that. I am a prince, and you listen to me, okay? And the pauper in the, in the palace was still a pauper. God has made us priests and kings. 
And we have to believe Him. Now, let me go back to that scripture. Now, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3. It says, verse 15. We got it? Yeah. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Where is the Spirit of the Lord? Is it not in your heart? How come we don't have liberty? Think about it. When you go back to the flesh and to the law, you become blind. Some preachers said, don't preach sin. Preach the remedy for sin. There's already a remedy. There's a remedy for sin. And that's the gospel. You don't have to sin anymore. For free. If you're still struggling, then it means you don't understand the gospel. Now, I'm not saying we're going to be perfect, right? But I'm saying that's struggle. You understand what I'm saying? That struggle should be over. The worshiper was first. You'll have no more consciousness. I'd like to go to that scripture. If you don't mind, Hebrews chapter 10. I stole Pastor Andy's Bible. I took mine to the back and forgot it there. <laughs> came up. Beginning from verse 1. Hebrews 10. Verse, verse 1. It says, For the law, having a, a, a shadow of the good things to come. The law what? Has a shadow of the good things to come. And we are living in the days of the good things to come. This is our day. That's why the Bible tells us that the prophets in their day, as God was revealing to to them of our day, they were like, oh God, if you can let us just see a little bit of what was going to go on. They wanted to live in our day. And most Christians want to go back to the days of the prophets. Remember? If I was with Elijah. And Elijah wanted to live in our day. Oh, if I was Peter and John. Well, Peter and John would like to be living today. With the understanding they gained. Good things to come and not the very image of the things. Not even the image. Just a shadow. Can never with the same sacrifices which they offered continually year by year make those who approach perfect. For then will they have ceased to be offered. For the worshiper once purified or purged, once purified will have had no more consciousness of sin. So God said what they were doing in the Old Testament was not good enough. They still had a consciousness of sin. They still have to come year after year, reminding themselves. So God said, if you read further, God says, this Old Testament stuff is no good. I'm going to change it and bring something new. Because the worshiper, the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit 
And God is seeking those to worship Him who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Not just spirit, but also in truth. Truth and spirit. But the worshiper once purged should have no longer that consciousness of sin. It's the consciousness of sin that drives a person crazy. Really. Consciousness of sin. It's really wild. And you know, I read these scriptures a long time and it was difficult for me to, to really understand because of the different teachings, you know, you were getting. But you know, Romans uh, chapter 6 talks about the doctrine that you receive. The doctrine that you receive can actually place you in serious bondage. You mean well, but you can get along. Because you cannot rise above the world that you have in you. You cannot rise beyond the understanding that you have from the Word of God. That's why Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, that he prayed this, that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding, now he was praying for believers, for believers, that God will open the eyes of their understanding, so they will know the hope of their calling. We are living much less than what God desired us to live. I have to encourage myself that like David did, something better coming. Don't know when, don't know how, but I'm going to stay with it. And I'm not going to die until I see it. And then glorify God from their heart. And then when that's done, I said, Lord, it is okay now. Your servant can depart. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Amen. But I've got to say this. Because we serve such a great God. Such a huge God. There's nothing impossible with Him. We say it. There's nothing that's impossible. I don't have to be hasty. The, ones, the Bible says, he who believes does not make haste. When you're hasty, something is not right. You get anxious. You want to do something to make it happen. But it's not by mind. It's not by power. It's by the Spirit of God. The worshiper once purged should have no more consciousness of sin. Romans chapter 6. I'm taking my liberty tonight. Look at verse 17. Because I started talking about the doctrine. The doctrine that you receive is so important. The doctrine that you receive is so important because he can, he can, that thing can hold you down for years. And the deceit is, is like you will believe, you know, I'm right. And usually we just take what somebody said. You know, maybe he's a great teacher in the land. And he says something and we just accept it, no question. Somebody will take one scripture and weave, weave a whole idea around it, a principle. It's just one scripture. I don't believe in that kind of thing. The scripture will always explain itself. You understand? You draw from the Old Testament all the way to the New. You have to tie them together. I have to hear it at least two or three times. Or give me examples before I can accept this new principle you're giving to me. 
That's how people make mistakes. And once you go that route, to come out of it is not easy. You know that Jesus said, a man who is used to drinking old wine, he doesn't immediately desire new. He says the old is better. That's how tough this thing can get. Even though you're giving you something better, you say, no, I like this old one. That's, that's just the thing. How difficult it is for us to accept, you know, new ideas. And the world should, the world should change that. I don't like to hear your, your great idea or principle just drawn from maybe one scripture. I, don't, I can't accept that kind of thing. I have to, you have to put it all together for me. And bring out a good principle from the word of God for me to live by. I've always been, it's like Creflo Dollar. Yeah, I heard all this great sermon, but what can I do with it? Tell me something to do. I need to do something with the word. And if it's not going to help me, I don't want to hear all this great sermon. It's just a great sermon. I want it to change my life. I want it for my future. Don't quote all the scriptures to me. I know you know them. But give me something out of it to live by. That's what is important to me. So, Romans uh, chapter 6, okay. It says, verse 17, But God be thanked. Why are you thanking God that though you were slaves of sin? Now, I'm going to repeat this over and over again till this church gets that. You were slave of sin. You are not a slave of sin. You were a slave. If you have been born again, you have to settle that in your heart. A slave has no choice. A son has. You are not a slave anymore. Sons do wrong stuff in the home, right? Right? But the slave has no choice. You are a son or a daughter. You have a choice. You can decide to do what is wrong or you can decide to do what's right. Well, the slave has to obey the master. If the master wants what's wrong, that's what the slave does. Right? And if the master wants what's right, that's what the slave has to do. You were a slave. If you are a slave to sin, guess what you do? You sin. If you are a sinner, what do sinners do? Sinners sin. You can't say you were I mean, I am a sinner. That's a crazy stuff to say. After you've been born again, you are not a sinner. You were a sinner. But you are no longer a sinner. Sinners sin. You are not that anymore, so you shouldn't be doing that. And the Bible tells us in First John, I believe, chapter 3, they say the children of God are different, manifest, different, and the children of the devil. He who practices sin is of the devil, Period. He's not saying, I'm going to condemn you for practicing sin. He's just saying, what you're doing shows the fact that you are not of God. Period. That's what he's saying. If you're practicing it, it that's a sign, that's an evidence to show that you don't belong to God. And if you're not, then that's a good evidence that you belong to God. If you're talking about God, that's what he's saying. It says, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Is the form of doctrine 
obedience to the form of doctrine. If the form of doctrine is wrong, guess what you, where you go? You'll be in trouble. If the form of doctrine is for liberation, you'll be delivered. It's the form of doctrine that matters. I know how much I suffered, you know, because of the form of doctrine I received. I mean, when I got newly saved, this, this man that was, in my mind, was the most godly person. I never seen anybody speak in tongues. My first my pastor, you know, first church I attended where, you know, I had read from the scriptures in, in high school. We, I used to quote, you know, scriptures from Acts of the Apostles uh, where, where uh, Peter defended himself on the day of Pentecost. These guys are not drunk as you suppose, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. I memorized all of those things, but I had never seen anybody, you know, Speaking tongues. And I went into that church and they spoke in tongues. I decided these are holy people, so I'm going to stay with them. Maybe I'll get some favor from God staying around them. But that's how I got saved. But my pastor had a terrible doctrine. He believed. You want to know it? I know you're going to think I'm really dumb, but that's <laughs> But he believed that once you get saved, you don't go to school anymore. There is no need. My sister is here, so she'll confirm that. They fought with me like crazy. My pastor taught us that it was wrong to go to the university because that is the seat of the universe. Love not the world. <laughs> he told us. Love not the world, not the things that are in the world. All those school stuff that they teach them. Evolution and all of that. So for close to two and a half years to three years, I didn't go to school. My family, part of the reason why they had me in chain, you heard the story, was because of that. How can a person say he's not, he got good grades, now he doesn't want to go to school? Because I was sharing something, and I thought, well, this is really good. This is the greatest doctrine. I went to my Christian brother's home, and they all sat, they, they had no... <laughs> Can you pardon me, please? None of them had a chair in their home, most of them. <laughs> we, they sat on the floor and ate their food with joy unto the Lord. Amen. <laughs> no bed to sleep. Because Pastor had taught us to be, you know, if you, the poorer you get, the faster you get to heaven, you know. <laughs> and I came from a, a family that had, you know, and that was tough for me. <laughs> it was really hard for me. I think they ate whatever came around, you know. And one day, they, they, they got a hold of some black snake. And they cooked it. And they said, good luck, brother. Let's have fun with this snake. He says to the Lord, I said, my Christianity has taken me to that level. I won't eat that snake, I'm sorry. It's a black snake, I don't know what kind of snake you guys eating. But I received that doctrine. And for three years, I struggled. I was reading like crazy. I said the scriptures, I bought books, I had Matthew, Henry, but no one was addressing the matter of not going to school. You know what I mean? So I didn't know how to get out of it. My pastor preached it all the time. And the brothers were glad. You see, you see all of these people who call themselves Christians, they are going to the university to learn about the universe. They are backsliding. And I thought they were, I was better than them. And stayed in the church. 
But I started studying the scripture and finally I decided something is not right. You know what? Once you take in a bad doctrine, it will reflect in the other parts of your life. I was very close to pastor and pastor was doing some crazy stuff. Oh yeah. Pastor was doing some crazy stuff. He could lie like a fish with a hook in his mouth. (laughs) And I tell myself, Surely you didn't hear that. No, no, no. It wasn't Pastor who said that. No, no, no. He's a holy man. He, he couldn't say that. Finally, don't mean something is not right. And I intensified studying. And finally, I confronted him. I said, Where did you get this stuff from? He was shaking. I told him, You got to show me from the scriptures today. If you don't have a real young man there. And, you know, in my country, we don't talk to older people. You know, he's a bunch older. We were scared to talk to them. So you got to put your head down and say, Sir, you have to tell me where you got this. But I was stubborn this time. I was ready. He said, I die or it's all over. I told him, you got to show me where you got that stuff from today. He said, you want me to show you? I said, yes. I'm not a troublemaker. I'm not going to make trouble for you. Just show me where you got it. If you show me just one, two scriptures, I'm not going to college anymore. It's over. No college. I'll stay with you here and we'll eat mushrooms together. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Now I know what you guys are thinking. <laughs> That's not what I meant, okay? In this, you have a real problem, I'm telling you. Okay, I mean, real mushroom, okay? <laughs> Yes. America is a real tough place. Your word can mean something else immediately, you know. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll get back. Okay. I mean, it's next to get, okay? <laughs> get out of that. But it took me several years to get out of all of that. Everything that he had taught me. I was so full of fear. Because of this wrong doctrine. The right doctrine will free you. I'm telling you, will free you. It's got to be coming from the Word of God, not your ideas. It's got to come from the Word. I'm willing to change any day. Somebody can show me two, three scriptures. And I'm, I'm, I'll turn my mind. Turn my mind around. I want to grow. I want to learn. This will free you. Let me go back to that scripture, Romans chapter 6. But you, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Some doctrine was delivered to you, and if it's the right doctrine, it will bring deliverance to you. Look at what, is, what comes after that. Because the doctrine was delivered, verse 18, it says, And having been set free from sin. What were you set free from? Sin. You got the right doctrine, you were set free. If you are set free from something, you're free from it, right? If you got chains in your hands, or chains on you, tied to something, or you're chained to something, and the chain is broken, you're set free from it, you're no longer in chain, right? You're free. You are being set free from sin. This is the gospel. Jesus did this for us. 
That's the truth. It's not like you cannot ever sin, but if you sin, it's your choice. You want it to. But you don't have to be driven by it. You can open the door for the enemy to come in, just like the prodigal son who decided, I'm going to go away and waste my goods. That's a parable. He was a son before he left, right? You can decide to do that. But you can prepare your heart, I am not going that way. Especially when you know the truth. Because following the truth is the best way to go. It's the way of life. You know, Bible talks about Rehoboam. He says, Rehoboam did evil before the Lord because he did not prepare his heart to follow the Lord. You prepare your heart before you get there. You make up your mind that this is not going to be part of my life because of what God has made available to me. That's the gospel. And you can't do it. Jesus made an incredible statement. I believe that was in John chapter was it 14, verse 12. I believe it was 14, verse 12. He said, Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me, the work that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Jesus said that about us. Because we believe in Him. Your life is totally transformed when you believe in Him. You become like Him. You take His place. And that's why the scripture says, as He is, so are we in this world. We have to believe those things. We have to act on those things. We have to see ourselves in that light. I don't have to think about how you see me. How you see me is not, it's of no consequence. It's how he sees me and how I see myself in relation to him. That's what is important here. And what happens is as you take the word, you are being transformed from glory to glory. From glory to glory. You're constantly learning and getting to be more like him. I have nothing to prove. I am to be the same way I'm there and over there. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't have anything to prove. The same way I don't have to act religious around people. I know I'm a child of God. And I know I'm not perfect, but I want to be like my master. Paul said, I, I'm, I'm pressing onward. I, want, I haven't attained yet. But this one thing I do, I forget the path and I, I'm pressing on. I want to be like the master. I want to just be like him. That's what is important. It's a hard issue. But the Bible is clear. Sin shall not have dominion over you. You don't have to be driven. He says to reckon yourself to be indeed dead to sin. You know, some person can take that and say, well, whatever, it's one, one person. No, the Bible is actually telling you what to do. He's giving you an advice. This is exactly what to do. If you want to be free, this is what to do. Reckon yourself to be indeed dead to sin. If you go to verse 22 of the same chapter, chapter 6, he's saying you are now a slave of God, a slave of righteousness. Just like you were a slave of sin, 
Now you are a slave of righteousness. And when Paul speaks, he says, Well, I'm talking this way just because most of you are still carnal, you know. So I've got to come this fleshly way to explain. He said, Just as you, when you were slaves of sin, you did it real good, right? You didn't hold back. Né? That's what he says. But now that you are a slave of righteousness, don't hold back. Do it in the same way, but in reverse. That's what he's saying. You are now a slave of righteousness. You have to see yourself that way. And I don't have to wonder, but am, I saved? am I saved? Am I going to go to heaven? And all of those doubts. That's fleshly. God cannot lie. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's that simple. Do you believe that Jesus is your Lord? He died for your sins? You say, yes. And then, have you confessed Him? Can you, can you actually say from your heart that Jesus is Lord of the universe and your Lord? You say, yes. Well, then you're a Christian. Simple as that. Every other thing added to that is religion. It's God that is going to set you free. Not you. You can't free yourself. That's the gospel. So we don't... The way I see it is like eating with pigs. When you sin, just go in there and do those stuff. You know, I don't want to go there. You have to make up your mind. That's not the thing to deal with. So we don't even have to talk about the issue. I want to serve God. And I know you want to serve God. We just have to go this way. Follow after God. Verse 11, Romans 6. I don't have much time, but... Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God, alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says, that's the way you must see yourself. Look at verse 12. Don't let sin reign. Don't let sin reign. In other words, if it's raining, you allow it. And you can say no when you don't want it. And sin will listen. You don't have to struggle. Just no. He says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. That you should obey it in its lust. Verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. That's the truth. It shouldn't. And God stands behind it. If two agree together, they can walk together. This is what God is saying. The scripture says, let God be true and every man a liar. Your whole thinking a lie. God, Jesus did a great job when he died on the cross. It's an insult to him to say that he cannot free you. It's an insult to the blood of the sacrifice to say God cannot free a man. And yet you say God can do all things. And yet this primary thing from which Jesus came, he really can do a good job with it. I don't believe that. I really don't. He can. 
if we believe Him. And He is the one now. We can be free. Why am I zeroing on this? Because this is what is limiting us the most. This is what causes us to feel this, have these feelings of unworthiness. Why God cannot do this for me? Why God perhaps could use maybe Pastor Andy because he's holy. And I don't feel holy. But once you know you have a good standing with him, because you are a new creature, you're a child. And your righteousness is what he gave to you, Isaiah 54. Their righteousness, verse 17, his God says their righteousness is from me. I gave it to them. There's nothing in this world that's going to stand against that righteousness. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, set it aside. He says this is the vindication of God's people. And their righteousness is from me. I give it to them. Now match that. He's the best. I don't need my righteousness. I need His righteousness. And that's a matchless one. And it's good for any demon. When they see me, when they see you, they see Jesus. When they see you, they see Jesus' righteousness. And they can stand in His presence. So we're free. Amen? When I much time, stand up. God is good. God is good. Let's believe Him. Jesus said, if you, if you can only believe, all things are possible. All things are possible. Declare your freedom from all kinds of bondage. Declare your freedom from poverty. It may not be overnight, but Jesus became poor that you might become rich. He became sin that you might become the righteousness of God in Him. Right? He became sick. He, uh, Isaiah chapter 53 verse 10. Check the, the real meaning. He says He had made him sick. When He said He had put him to grief, the literal Hebrew word is He made him sick. So He was made sick so that I cannot be sick. Right? And it's God's will for you to be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. That's what the Holy Spirit is praying for us. We can believe those things and begin to declare that before God, thanking Him constantly from the heart. I mean, that will free you just thanking God. God, I thank you. I don't have to deal with poverty another day of my life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want and you declare that God, you've, you've done a good work. Look at this. You came from heaven to be my shepherd. I will never be in want of bread. And you make, it, you make his heart glad when you say that. And God says, look at that girl. Go girl. I'm with you. You, made his, you make his heart. When you honor his word, you honor him. Because the Bible says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word himself was God. When you take God's word and say, this is it. My life is made because of these that I've heard. And God says, I got that girl, I got that guy. That's mine. He says, Satan, you better not mess with that. That's mine. Amen? You belong to the Lord Jesus tonight. And you're going places. God is going to use you mightily. God is going to show you that you're free. You are a free child of God. 
You are unique in the world. He made you different. His son's blood is on your life. That blood always speaks of good. Better things than the blood of Abel. Would you thank him tonight? Put your hands up together and thank him for whatever is, is a struggle in your life. Just tell him, God, is, you have blessed me. I cannot be cursed. God, you have blessed me. You have blessed me. All these things that I'm seeing around me, they are not real. I understand they are real in the natural, but I'm a spirit man. I look beyond that and I speak against it. They will not stand because Jesus is with me and I speak his word. God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. There's nothing that's impossible with our God. He is for you. If God be for us, who can be against us? No force in this world can be against us. Jesus is on your side. Even if you missed it a little bit, Jesus is on your side. He is not against you. He is on your side. He's walking with you. He's going to take you way up there because you are a child. He's going to make you the showcase. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. That's you. That's who you are. And he cannot lie. Jesus cannot lie. That's the way we should carry ourselves. We should carry ourselves that way everywhere you go. You're special. Because Jesus is in you. Doesn't matter what family you came from. You are special. And if you don't carry yourself that way, you dishonor him. Because His Word is on your life. His Spirit is inside of you. There's nothing greater. Greater is He that is in me and He that is in the world. We have overcome the world. God is with us. This is not to, be, to feel good. No, this is the truth. This is the truth from God's Word. Not just to feel good. Amen. Father, we thank You. We thank You so much. Thank You. We know we have giants in the land that you've given to us, but we'll whip all of them. They are all going to be taken out, cast out. And we will enter into this land flowing with milk and honey that you've already given to us. The blessings are upon us. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. We will occupy until you come. We will occupy until you come. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.